Hello, and welcome to The Bite, Hope Brooklyn's weekly podcast for bite-sized spiritual thoughts to inspire you as you center your life around God's great story. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to be reading Matthew 3, verses 1 through 6. That's how it reads. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now this is the one who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey, and people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. So we're introduced to a character who has a little more importance in Luke's gospel than in Matthew's, but is still indispensable and unique nonetheless. John, John the Baptist. Uh, We're told he's the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. John is the voice crying in the desert to prepare the way of the Lord, to make straight his paths. Now, John's modern interpretation of Isaiah's message is summed up in the word, Repent, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repentance is the means by which the Lord's road is prepared uh, and his paths are made ready. Now, it's odd, at least for us as modern readers, that Matthew describes John's clothes, uh, that he wears camel's hair, and so he's kind of hairy and he's got a leather belt. It's only odd until we remember the prophet Malachi. And toward the end of Malachi's letter, we remember reading, I will send my prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And in 2 Kings 1, when describing the prophet Elijah, we're told that he was a hairy man with a leather belt around his waist. So clearly, Matthew, by describing John's clothes, is trying to establish the connection between these prophecies and John. And Matthew tells us further, not only what John wears, but what John eats. He eats locusts and wild honey. He eats food that he can gather himself. And I'm grateful to Stanley Hauerwas' insight that this food that can be gathered is certainly John reenacting Israel's period of desert wandering. After Israel was liberated out of Egypt and they crossed the Red Sea, they entered into a period in the desert where they were reformed as the people of God, and their food was what they could gather, specifically manna. Now, Israel was kept in the desert for 40 years before they entered into the promised land. The reason why God kept Israel in the desert is first to form them deeply into their new identity as children of Yahweh, but secondly, as punishment for their rebellion. And in a sense, if you want to combine those two, punishment is a way of formation. And it makes complete sense that this message of repentance would be preached in the desert. For as Hauerwas says, John is the embodiment of what it means for Israel to repent. Repentance is metanoia. That's the Greek word used. Metanoia means to change your thinking. Repentance is not to feel bad about what you've done, 
Repentance is to, is to fundamentally change the way you think about something, someone, a situation. And such a change, a deep, formative change, it can only happen in the desert. <laughs> in the barren, empty, silent, painful, excruciating desert. So everyone goes out to him, we're told. All of Jerusalem and Judea and the surrounding regions, everyone goes out to him into the desert and is baptized in the Jordan, once again reenacting Israel being baptized into their new identity, no longer Egypt's slaves, but Yahweh's people. So into the desert they go to be schooled into the painful process called repentance, which is nothing short of confessing their sins. And again, if we remember the, the Greek word for sin, hamartano, it means to fall short. So they confess all the ways that they're thinking about God, they're thinking about themselves, they're thinking about the world, they're thinking about God's coming kingdom, has fallen short, has been wrong, has fallen drastically short of the truth. The key point from this passage is clear, guys. Repentance, this fundamental reordering of your thinking. And when I say fundamental, I mean like subconscious. I'm talking about something so deep in, in our being that it's part of our unthinking worldview. That level of repentance, that level of change in your thinking can only happen in the desert. Repentance happens in the desert. I remember Anna tells the story um, before me, actually, she dated this guy and it was really serious. Uh, and they, they called it off because they knew it wasn't good. Um, but it was deeply painful, deeply painful. And um, Anna tells the story that when, when they broke up, um, she knew she had a choice. She knew her heart was in deep pain and she could either fill it with entertainment or she could really push into this desert season and fill it with God and God's words. And she knew that was also important because in her life up to this point, um, she had never really grounded her identity fully in Christ. It had always been in a certain way uh, um, around the men in her life. So her dad held a really important role as a, a spiritual leader for her. And that's a, that's a great thing. Um, but then also the guys she had dated, she had really looked up to as spiritual leaders. And, and so she knew that um, during this season, this painful, barren, empty, desert season, she needed to learn what it, what it meant to have this new identity as fully and unchangingly a daughter of God. And that's one of those seasons when you're in the desert, you don't learn it by like working harder, you learn it just by sitting in the stillness and by sitting in this empty space and empty, empty time for long, long stretches. In the desert, our sinful thinking, which is just another way of saying where our thinking falls short, where our identity is misplaced, it bubbles up. And then we are, if we allow ourselves, baptized into a new way of thinking, a new identity. And friends, it's painful as hell. Don't get it twisted. It is absolutely painful. And there's no words that we can say to provide comfort in that pain. You simply get through it by getting through it. And it takes longer amounts of time for everyone. But the repentance, the change of thinking that happens in those empty, barren, desert, painful seasons, 
is how we're prepared to hear and internalize the coming Savior's words. And though I don't, I don't read too much into this, I do find it odd that it was after this season where Anna chose to push deeply into her identity as, as Jesus' daughter. It was after that season um, that she and I met. And I'm not saying, to, to anyone who's, who's single and listening, I'm not saying this is what happens, but I am saying um, the desert season has to come first. Let's pray. Lord, I wish repentance didn't have to happen in the desert, but apparently it does. Apparently we can't learn in a deep fundamental way our identity as your children until we spend a lot of time in painful, barren, empty, silent places. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that, that you are a God who leads us into the desert because you care so deeply about who we're becoming, about how our identities are being formed that you'll take us into those desert places because you won't share us with another. You won't stop until we're fully formed into your image. Thank you for that. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Bite. To find out more about the mission and ministry of Hope Brooklyn and to subscribe to our other podcasts and lots more, visit us online at www.hopebrooklyn.org.